Hello, listeners. This is Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of a current full-time freelancer. Today on the show, we got my friend Chris Witten, who's been a uh, longtime freelancer, and he's worked with agencies um, across the board. And so today, we're bringing him on the show to talk about some of his experiences um, in in. Uh, his realms of expertise. Uh, but first, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give us a little background on what you do. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Um, I guess I could start from school. I picked up a camera in probably like sophomore year of college, took a class, and then developed my first piece of film in the darkroom. And if you've done that, you all know what I'm talking about. And it's just great experience. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So at the time I was going to school in Waco, Texas, and then I transferred to an art school in Savannah, Georgia, Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, from there, did fine art photography. So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in photography um, with a minor in um, furniture design, which I do nothing with. <laughs> um, but if you ever want a table built, just call me. Um, so then from there, I moved to Dallas and kind of that's where my parents were living at the time and brought all my crap home and dumped it on their living room floor. And my, of course, my dad was like, now you have to get a job. And I was like explaining to him how freelance worked from what I knew, what I learned at school. And he was like, no. He found an ad. Uh, this is a, not, not many people know this story. He found an ad in the paper for glamour shots in the Stonebriar Mall in McKinney, Texas. And he said, you're going to interview. So I went and interviewed. And in the interview, the lady asked me how much I knew about photography. And I'm not a very cocky person, but I said more than you. And I ended up getting the job. Didn't pick up a camera for like the first six weeks. And then I told him, I was like, hey, either I'm shooting or I'm leaving. Um, so I left. And then uh, from there, I, I was just interviewing around Dallas with a bunch of photographers. I had a list of photographers that I knew that I wanted to work for. And my first job was photographing Oprah with a, with a guy here in Dallas. And we went to Houston and photographed Oprah. And that was my very first freelance job, which was pretty, pretty sweet. One out of the box because we were staying at like the Ritz or something in downtown Houston and everything was catered to us and the photographer was like, this is not how it is. But, <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty interesting like high point to kind of yeah. start out on. So from there I, uh, kept calling photographers and I would email them first. If you're, if you're looking for, if you're just coming out of school in the photography business and you want to freelance and assist with photographers, I would email them first, call them a day later and tell them that I'm coming in. And I just felt like that was it. Cause even now when I get emails from people wanting to work for me, it's top of mind. Right. So it's like, if I have a job, normally you really don't have a job on the books when someone first calls your emails you. So you, you know, you put their name in like a bucket, but you really hire the people that are top of mind to you. So I would literally just bug the crap out of them or tell them, Hey, I'm going to be in your area on this date between these times. Can I drop in? And I would just drop by their studio and end up a guy hired me in town. This guy, Stuart Cohen, uh, well-known 
uh, you know, advertising photographer here in Dallas, and I worked for him for three years as his first assistant uh, traveling the world, and, and that's really where I got plugged into agencies and really didn't know what I wanted to shoot, and I worked for a bunch of different guys, and when I started working for Stuart, it was like, oh, I want to be in this commercial world working for the top brands. Um, so from there, I mean, that was in 2005 to 2008 and depending on how old you are, if you're listening to this, 2008 and nine was a really bad year for everything economy-wise, and the first thing that gets cut in a bad economy is advertising budgets. So it wasn't a really great year for freelancers in general and uh left him and was trying to do my own thing shooting um kind of moved into producing stuff for different photographers and still assisting and then ended up coming back to work for Stuart producing for him full time um and that was from like 2012 to 14 and then after that started my own thing um went in productions full-time producer, freelance producer, which brings me kind of back to where I am now. And now I work I work for an advertising agency as their content creator on the social media side. So it's a, it's a freelance position, but it's just a big, it's a six-month contract. Um, and how I was able to get that is just having the knowledge of producing, shooting, video, and still photography. Um but yeah, that's kind of brings you up to date. And there's all kinds of jobs that I've done in between that, what is it, 12 years now that I've been in the freelance industry and shot all around the world. And it's a it's an awesome life if you can make it. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely challenging and a life of like perpetual unemployment, more or less. You're always unemployed till the next gig. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not always as soon as you'd like for it to be. What? <laughs> Some it's 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 always either like rain or like shine, right? It's either like everything all at once or like crickets and nothing. At least that's how it's been for me, f- for the most part. I've only been doing it four and a half years, so. If you want a job, plan a vacation. <laughs> You have to move it because you'll you'll have some big thing that comes up, and ah, I can't not take this right now. For sure. So what, uh, whenever you originally, when you were younger and you said that you were reaching out to photographers and trying to work with them in your mind in that like place, what, what thoughts were going through your head? What were you like hoping to get out of that? And what were you, what was your, like, how did you approach them? What'd you say? What were you like? I don't know. Kind of put me in that mindset. I think, um, that's a good question. When, it, when you're young, you're just hungry to get whatever you could get. And right out of school, I think a lot of a lot of kids, you know, if you went to school for photography, you're given this onslaught of, you know, you could shoot landscapes, you could shoot, you know, beer cans, you can shoot whatever you really want. And then when you get out of school, you're like, I don't really know what I want to shoot. And you see all these photographers that you admire and stuff like that. So I think it's – I knew – I took a commercial photography class in school and I knew that I wanted to shoot commercially, whether it was people or product or whatever I truly didn't know. And I had a photographer that mainly shoots weddings that kind of took me under his wing and was like, you want to shoot weddings? And I was like, I don't think so. He's like, well, come on a wedding shoot with me. So we went on a wedding shoot. I was like, I don't like this. 
and he was like, he sh he shoots a lot of interiors, and so he took me on an interior shoot, and he was like, you want to shoot interiors? And I was like, I don't really like this, but I like hanging out with you on interior shoots, so keep hiring me to do that. But um, so that was just a little side assisting stuff, but um, I owe a lot to that guy and, and how he, and then he would introduce me to all the different photographers because he came up in Dallas. He introduced me to all the commercial advertising guys in Dallas, and so that's how I kind of slowly got into that world. But to answer your question, to come back to your question, I was just super hungry, and I would look at their work, and if I liked their work, then I knew that I wanted to work for them. If I saw someone's that I didn't really – could have been great work, but it just wasn't for me, then I I didn't want to work for them because I couldn't get behind what we were selling, right? Right. Um, so I found and I had a list. It was a very short list, and I would just – if I worked for those guys and I didn't hear from them for a little bit, I would reach back out to them, keep back out to them. A lot of times, and I've heard younger guys say this is – younger guys or girls um, – they don't want to be annoying. You have to be. Like, all right, I'm gonna, or we're gonna forget about you. Yeah, there's so much going on, especially like, it, it, if, like for me as a freelancer, like I do everything. Like I hire a CPA that I give all my stuff to to like help me file my taxes. But other than that, I pretty much do everything myself. And so there's so many th different things I'm dealing with and so many things on my mind that unless there's somebody that I see every day or talk to pretty often, then when it comes time to like needing somebody, like you said, it's top of mind. It's yeah. the, it's the people that I see most often. There's plenty of other people that I could call or talk to that, but it's just like, I haven't talked to them a long time. I don't really like fully know what their experience level is. I don't know what they're doing now, if it's what they're interested in. It's just like, man, I'm dealing with so much. Like that's just not a thought process I want to go through. Uh, and so I go to the first few people that are on top of mind or I just, do without it yeah or and offer to buy them coffee or drinks and it's really hard to market for yourself i don't know why but it's really hard to like show up somewhere and talk about yourself or like send out the email blasts about yourself and you have to just keep putting pressure on that on that wound or whatever it is and i mean if you want marketing tips like if you interview with someone are you go to someone's studio and talk like find out what they like and then say if they like surfing then a week later pull, randomly google some surfing article and send it to them hey thought about you saw this cool and that yeah. just shows that you're listening and then they, and they're like oh this guy or girl was listening to what and they care about they're going to be cool to have on set or whatever because because they you see that they're actually taking a genuine yeah. interest in you and your stuff versus just trying to get something out of it for themselves yeah. i don't know that's just a little tip that's free but yeah just keep stay top of mind for sure i think that's the answer to that and um it was funny uh this is just staying relevant or staying funny this guy I met recently, he works at an ad agency, he's a copywriter, and he knew he wanted to work at this agency. It's copywriting, you have to be creative, a creative writer, right? He didn't email his boss that he has now and say that he wanted this job. He emailed his boss this list, this resume list of 
and it was titled, I'm, this is how I'm going to ma- marry Selena Gomez. And it was 10 things that he was going to do to marry Selena Gomez. And it was this creatively written itemized list of how he's going to marry Selena Gomez. And he got the job. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with the job. <laughs> That's so, I mean, so, I mean, what do you think? What do you think the like allure to that was just that it was something that was like different and creative and out there and like yeah. stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that this guy is going to kick ass at writing creative stuff because I could see it firsthand. Yeah. So what about now that you've kind of grown a little bit and you've done some of the freelance stuff? Like, I guess before we get too far ahead, um, I know that you talked about wanting to talk about, like, pricing and, and how to, like, stand your ground and stuff. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? What are your opinions? What are your experiences? Yeah. What do these people need to know? There's no rant. I mean, I think you're only worth what people will pay for you, right? But as far as like, let's use photography as an example. And you can kind of apply this across the board. That you see a lot on Facebook and social media these days of like, uh, someone will write this rant of like, well lost another job to someone that was paying a hundred bucks and my rates $500 and and just going on and on about how this is BS and all this stuff. And, And my simple advice to that is that that person wasn't your client. And that's all you need to say. I mean, that's truly, it's like, there'll be someone else that's willing to pay your rate. But if you're dipping in this pool where you're people that are only paying a hundred dollars or 75% of what you're worth or 75% of what you're charged, then you're marketing to the wrong client. And I think it's just, it's as simple as that. People want to be like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is my job. You know, this is how I pay bills. Like photography is like, you know, it's just not a hobby for me. All right. Well, you're doing something wrong because you're not marketing to the right people. And the way you talk to people and the way you price things and what people are willing to pay for services is um, they all really go hand in hand. And as you start to do this more, you'll start to kind of like learn. um, There's certain certain phrases people will say or certain types of, of talk or language that people, different types of clients will use. And so I feel like I've gotten pretty good at being able to tell from the or from like pretty early on based on the way people are talking, whether they're the type of client that I want to take or not. Um, and really has for me gotten more to, to be more of a vetting process where I am going, is this somebody that I want to take as a client? Because the work's always going to be out there somehow. I, you know, I don't know how exactly how that works, but somehow it always works out. Right. And, and, and work comes through as needed. But, um, with that being said, there's always going to be people out there that are willing to pay what you're worth and do understand that. And it, I mean, yeah, I think if you're diligent about your rate and, and your marketing properly and you're out there and putting yourself out there, you're going to find people that will pay what you're worth. And I, I think another really like great thing to have in your back pocket is say, and I'm just using numbers as an example, right? Say if your rate's $500 for a session photo shoot, and we're talking photo shoots here, and just be like straight up, this is what my rate is, and and get that money talk out of the way first. 
And if they're like, well, we only had 250, then have in your back pocket two other photographers that you know their rate's 250. And give them those clients. Because it, I guarantee you, nine times out of 10, when that person that you're talking to has enough money down the road, they have another kid or whatever it is, and they're going to come back to you and be like, hey, I want to pay your, I want to pay your rate now. I know that you're worth it. It's really cool that you sent me to this other person, blah blah. blah. And you, you could be like, yeah, now my rate's eight hundred, but whatever it is. But they see that you're, even just because of the value you set on yourself, you're a nice and person. set that that like, yeah. I mean, you, you, even by like, I guess pointing them to somebody that does fit with what they have you show that you're like really providing value and that you're really looking out for their best interest versus like just trying to get another job. Yeah. As I said, if you go to Facebook and get all, you know, your panties in a wad because someone wouldn't pay your rate again, then they're going to see that and just like, no one's going to hire you. So, I mean, that's just my like 10 cent version of like sticking to your rate and, and, uh, just being proud of your work. Um, yeah. So what about act? So so beyond standing your ground, kind of, and, and knowing your worth, like how do you? What's your What's your advice on how to determine what those rates should be? Well, it all depends. I mean, it's such a. It's kind of knowing my audience on here, right? Like if if you're fresh out of school, you got to kind of judge if you're a freelance photographer, or if you're a freelance producer, or you know, video world's, commercial video world's a totally different world because you kind of got to walk before you crawl. You got to start at that PA position, which is around 200, 250 a day for unlimited hours. And and then you kind of find your hole and niche where you want to work in that world. And uh, camera operators and all that stuff, they're set rates um, on the video side. And, and they're set rates on you know, commercial photo production. Um, as far as like commercially where a photographer would want to be, you kind of, that's, that's a hard question to say because it's all relative, you know. Um, and I, it, it's hard for me to answer because I don't really know what the audience is. Like, I don't know wedding rates. I know like commercial advertising rates and that's, guys that have been in in the business for a while, you know, their, their rates are, some of them start at 10 grand a day, you know, but a lot of that's because of, I mean, partially they've also been in the business for 15, 20 years, right? They've been around, they have experience, lots of experience there in higher demand. And I would imagine at that point too, some of the size of the production is probably bigger. And so they're going to have a lot more overhead. Yeah. Probably have their own studio space versus somebody that's younger and starting out. So when you talked about like set rates, especially for like video stuff, is that more like um, union stuff? Yeah. Or well, is that even union, outside of union? The union set a rate. I mean, Dallas, we're in Dallas and Dallas is a non-union state or Texas is a non-union state. So, but there are union jobs that come in to Dallas, but there's a set rate if you go on to, uh, it's not SAG, but. IOTSI is one of them. Yeah, that's one of them, but you can just look at set rates for and it top tier down from your director all the way down. But the rates that you're talking about that are fixed, that's outside. Like that's non agency stuff. That's still right. just like in yeah, the yeah. industry there's yep. like set rates for yeah, yeah, yeah. for different positions. Yeah. Starts okay. at like a 
a PA is like 200 or 300 a day, depending on what set you're on and goes up from there. What, uh, what else you want to talk about? I don't know. We can talk about anything really. What, uh, let's talk about agency stuff a little bit. Like if, if I'm a freelancer, I am a freelancer. Um, and I want to start working with agencies, um, in some capacity, what do you feel like is like a good way to kind of get that entry point and to start building relationships with these agencies? I think, um, and it depends on what you want to do, right? I think if we, let's stick to photography as an example, um, having a portfolio and in this day and age with LinkedIn, Facebook, and all these other places, you can kind of see what, see who you need to talk to to get in the door, right? I think um, how I got into the agency where I am now, one, I have a couple of friends that work there, but I figured out who my boss was going to be at this particular position, and I found him on LinkedIn, and I asked him to coffee, and I said nothing about the job. I just said, hey, heard you're new to town. I want to take you to coffee. He responded, okay. Went to coffee, and we talked for a whole hour about production in Dallas. And then at the end, I was like, oh, I'd really like to work for you. And then we kind of went on from there. But find your people and then make sure you have a book and depending on what you want to – and make sure it's it's relevant to the agency or a product that they have. And that's super easy to find. If any agency in Dallas, you know, there's a lot of Frito-Lay going around. There's a lot of Pepsi. There's a lot of stuff like that. And um, – the new agency and that just got to town is Sachi and Sachi is who I work for. And they are um, the agency of record for Toyota. So there's a car client. So you want to have cars in your book. You don't want to go to an agency and show them a bunch of product photography when they're hawking cars, you know? Mm -hmm. So be, have your book relevant to what that agency is selling. Um, and be open to, especially if you've never shown it at an agency before, there are plenty of services and producers. Um, there is a really good producer in town. Um, I hope she doesn't mind. Suzanne Lancaster. She also does portfolio review and she'll take a look at your portfolio and tell you where she thinks it's weak and tell you where she thinks it's strong. Um, and I think she charges for that, but it's a very, very good tool to, to say, Hey, you know, and she knows all the agencies in town and she can go, Hey, um, if you're going to show to this agency, I would lose this picture. Get, give me some images in this vein here, you know, kind of really guide you in that book. Um, so one would be know what you're selling, know who you're selling to, um, and have your book reflective of that. Um, and to, um, be open to change, be open to constructive criticism. If you're, if, and again, if you're new, Find a producer there. Find a young producer there and, and buy them a drink and show them your book and just be like, hey, I really want to work for you guys, but I'm new and I've never done this before. I need help. It's okay to be an amateur. Yeah. I think that's something that people have a hard time with is that they try to – is that people are new and they try to act like they've been around for a long time and they know what they're doing. And people that have been around a long time, eh, we can tell when you're, when you're full of shit. But at the same time, like it's okay because like – People like, you know, you, like where you're at, you didn't start there. No. And nobody does. Like it was a pro process of like a little bit at a time, one step at a time over years to get there. 
I but, got people coffee for a, for a long time. Yeah, I still do, and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we all, to some extent, I feel like, are still kind of trying to figure it out because it's such a, it's a very, very dynamic landscape, and and just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. That the agency world is ever evolving, especially with social media now. Um, um, a lot of people. A lot of people, there's been articles saying that the, agency, the traditional agency model is dead, which I truly don't believe in. I think it's getting stronger because as social media evolves and as, as you get more money behind paid social, you get this ever-changing landscape of content that needs to be created. And it's, I feel like it's a lot more frequent, like with a way higher frequency too. So much, yeah. Because stuff has such a short lifespan now pieces are so short in, in yeah. duration even and people's mind span like they can only hold on for two seconds and if it's not engaging after actually even a half a second they're they're out yeah so i would say have fun with it and don't take yourself too seriously and be open to test shoot test a lot like i know you're always shooting something yep um and it doesn't you don't have to have a ton of money behind it People are always down to do favors for you. You just got to be a nice person. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's like I said, it just it always seems like things kind of work out. Yeah. Um, don't get caught up in trying to follow other people's paths either. Like this is Chris. This is his path. This is how he's gotten there. Um, and while it may work a little bit for some people, it's not gonna it's not gonna be exactly like this. And it's really easy, at least it has been for me as an artist, as a creative, to look at other people's paths and where they're at and try to, I guess, replicate that kind of. And and really there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of ways that we can relate in our in our journeys, but ultimately we all kind of have to find our own way. And so like don't be afraid to find your own way because you have to. Yeah. Just be and as creative as you are with your product, be creative as to how you reach out to people and um, and get that work. I mean, coffee goes a long way. So uh, on a little more sort of like a lighter note, is there any projects or anything you aren't working on right now that you're excited about or you'd like to talk about or anything? I think I can talk about that. I'm going, I'm, I think I'm going to the Winter Olympics in February. I leave in like... February 5th, 6th, I'll be gone out there shooting for 20 days. And that's like the, as of right now, I mean, that's like the pinnacle of my career. I hope it's, I hope I'm able to still go up from there. Yeah. But um, I get to be on the ground in South Korea shooting. I shouldn't say shooting, filming and taking pictures, uh, at the Winter Olympics. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty cool project and that's for all social media um, for Toyota. Um, so it's very cool. Um, can't say much more than that, but it's it's, a, it's just a super cool opportunity and it's it's because just working hard and, and, and not really straying away from, from what, like the gifts that I was given, which is take pictures and and film and stuff like that. I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, sounds fun. All right, well, um, I don't know. 
last like 15 or 20 seconds, any last words? No, I mean, if you honestly, I don't know, this is my first time and I really appreciate you having me on, but, um, I'm down to come back if, if we get any questions and it, if Casey wants to put my email on the podcast, I'm down. We'll do that. We'll be so in the show notes. Can, uh, if you've got any questions, any hate mail will be directed right back to your mother or father. Um, but yeah, I'm always down to answer questions or if you want to buy me coffee I'm, or I'll buy you coffee and talk shop. I'm always down. Yeah. Yeah, you can find the show notes with Chris's contact information, email address at vacacy.com slash freelance Friday. And uh, yeah, if you guys have questions, let me know and we'll definitely bring Chris back on to answer some of those for you. Thanks so much. And uh, if you found the show helpful, if you please leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. Thanks so much. See you next week. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy, big video production value, freelance agility and scale.